guys, it's me here to talk about EMDR. Um, this week was really a difficult one. Um, yeah, I feel like it's almost kind of funny remembering the last time I did an episode talking about a session and when I had like, um, when I remembered how I felt at the time and realized and like put together all the pieces of like what happened when I told my mom and everything back in when I was a kid. Um, and I felt like even though, and I remember saying, because this was like a big thing for me then that even though the, what I remembered was horrific, I wasn't, um, like feeling really sad or upset by it really. Like as much as you may think, because I was so happy that I remembered like this for good. And I remembered it just by remembering how I felt at the time, not from anyone on the outside having to tell me anything, um, that it like, yeah, it just, I didn't feel as sad, but now this one is just sad and really sad. Um, like I feel like people who've been through tough shit like I have, which I, which I imagine is most people who listen to this podcast, would understand but like it was to the point where I couldn't sleep last night like there's a level of when I'm like really depressed feeling and really sad that I like am it's like my brain is like overwhelmed and I can't calm down in the ways that I usually do and I know the feeling like it's like this heavy feeling it feels like a weight on my body I usually get like chest pain when I get that like chest pain is always an indicator of like high levels of like depression and anxiety sort of feelings um and but it feels like a weight on my body where like because I'm like so overwhelmed by this thing the other kind of coping skills that I use usually um are a lot harder to use and don't really work like last night when I was trying to go to sleep usually I'll like read like, some of my favorite fan fiction stories that I've read, like, a billion times, so they, like, don't keep me awake, but, like, I couldn't concentrate on any of them long enough to read it. Like, I kept change-switching which stories I was trying to read because nothing, like, seemed right, and, um, I, like, there's someone on YouTube that I like. Sometimes I'll put on videos they've made that I've watched before and will help me, like, relax and, um, calm down because their voice is just like relaxing and soothing that way. Um, but that wasn't working either. And, um, yeah, it was, it was one of those where I just could tell like, yeah, it's going to take me a little bit longer to fall asleep tonight. Um, and I didn't fall asleep until after midnight sometime, probably around like 1230 or something like that. Um, yeah, it's just that feeling you get when you feel like the weight on your body almost from like the depression and things like that that you're feeling that you know that it's going to be harder than normal to turn your brain off um and like one thing that I will say that I that I found insightful um about myself is like I mentioned astrology on here and like people sometimes honestly like there's a lot of toxicity within kind of the spirituality world in general like I've done episodes about that before Um, and I don't like how people use astrology 
almost as like an excuse to not like someone like oh if this person has this like placement then we're not going to get along like no I don't think that's really fair especially since every person's birth chart is so different there isn't really a way to ever like using people using astrology in that way just doesn't seem like what it was intended for and more feels to me anyway like a way to understand yourself and other people better so you can have an idea of like what the person may be feeling and what they may struggle with that is just and it's almost like a nice way to understand a person um without them having to like explain it to you and so you can just communicate better and understand each other much easier and I especially like it not only to understand other people but to understand myself much easier that's what I mainly use it for and so I saw this video yesterday that was like really well timed like if you ever be on like TikTok and like a video will just come across your feed that's like exactly what you need to hear in that moment and you're like oh well that's helpful thank you world for doing that for me <laughs> um there was um someone was talking about the 12th house and like if you don't know anything about astrology the 12th house there's 12 houses and so the 12th one is obviously the last one and um it's basically the house is kind of known as like spirituality things can be in that house but a lot that house is generally known as like kind of experiences and feelings that you have that are difficult for you like things that you don't really understand things that don't come naturally to you so it's like always a struggle when like trying to understand those sort of things like their emotions memories feelings relationships that are just challenging that's generally what the 12th house is um and so the person was saying like whatever um whatever rules your 12th house like they have every sign has like a planet that's like its ruler so and so they're basically like if your 12th house is this then like you communicate those like difficult the way you deal with like those difficult emotions and feelings and things that you don't understand is is through this so like for this person even has like the same rising sign as me so it was really helpful um, they're a cancer rising like I am. And so our 12th house then would be Gemini. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Um, which and like so basically what that would mean is that like when you ha- are going through like difficult emotions and things like that, you want to communicate them. Like that's the way that you that we deal with it is by communicating about them. And that makes all the sense in the world because one thing I kept thinking last night was like I should have done a podcast episode about what happened in EMDR right after I got out of work yesterday instead of um, instead of not because then I probably would have felt better and I would probably would have slept easier last night because like it's a, it's something that I've realized like ever since I started doing this. Um, like there's been episodes on here where I've like cried for the majority of the episode talking about something like that. Those happened a lot in 2020. They don't happen as often anymore just because thing life hasn't been quite as like stressful as it was back then. Um, 
But, like, every time I did that, even even if I was crying throughout the entire thing and really sad and struggling, I always felt better afterwards because I got it off my chest. And, like, when I think about, like, my own life, that makes a lot of sense for me that I would need to communicate what I'm feeling um, in order to really, like, feel better about it because for so long of my life, I couldn't tell anyone about anything at all. And, like, one, if nothing else, like, this whole EMDR kind of thing that I've been doing the last couple months has really like made into focus like just like the amount of different secrets that I was keeping even from different family members within my own family much less the things that I was keeping from everyone outside of my family like there were things that like I kept about like my dad for a while and then my mom knew but like my sister never did there were things that I kept secret that like concerning my mom that my dad never like never found out and or my sister there were things that my sister did to get back at me that I never told either of my parents about to this day that we were keeping secret from them it's just it's a lot (laughs) honestly um but I have realized since this whole podcast thing started that I started doing this that I do always feel better just talking about something on here um and kind of getting it off my chest so um I don't know if that whole thing with astrology helps anyone else like if you have if you look up your birth chart do not use CoStar that app is just terrible um it mainly that app is terrible because they don't show you in an actual birth chart a birth chart is a circle um so you can easily like if you know your birth time or even if you don't know for sure your birth time you can kind of have it if you have a general estimate of your birth time then you can know what your rising sign would be which would be your first house which will make you know what your 12th house is so yeah that is that um but yeah I hope that is helpful because that did it helped me a lot that's like the stuff with astrology that I think is really um rewarding for me is to know those little things that help me kind of like validate things that I thought about myself already um that just make me realize oh yeah that is true okay so enough procrastinating about what happened in therapy this week since it obviously upset me a lot um so it's kind of ironic to me because one of the things in the other episode I did when I pieced things together that I discussed was like wanting to know what happened when I was in therapy because that was something that felt very important to me um because I always the best way I can say for like advice about like what things you think might come up as something to work on during EMDR like if you go into like just to reiterate if you go into EMDR and think like I want to remember this time it's not really gonna work like I did that in the past and that's why like when I originally tried this it didn't do anything it didn't work the way that it was meant to at least that was part of why it didn't I wasn't ready in in general at that time but um that's essentially why it wasn't really working because I wanted to focus on certain specific things but like you can't really 
do that, you have to kind of decide, like, this, I do this thing in my life that is, like, disruptive to me living the way that I want to live, so I want to focus on this thing, and I think that this memory is why I feel this way about this thing, and generally from what I've experienced, the, like, big things that you've always kind of wondered about or have always bothered you will just kind of organically, weirdly come up when you're processing through those memories, even though it doesn't seem like it's connected. Because it's like, it's one of those things of like, there's a reason why you've always thought about that time, that specific time, that specific experience, whatever it is, and wondered what happened. Because it's almost like your brain is like almost giving you clues of like what area of your life that you've suppressed. So that when you're doing the um, EMDR kind of work, and that stuff starts to show up, it's not quite as, like, surprising. Um, It's always kind of interesting, like, in a surprise... It is sort of surprising always, like, what... How it, like, connects, like, what makes it... Makes those memories come up, because I don't... I It's weird how that tends to happen, but... um, But that is generally, like, the best way to go about it. So, like... Like, for instance, the thing that I figured out before, I always wondered, like, what happened after I told my mom about what my dad was doing. And, like, I still don't remember the exact things of, like, how she reacted right after that happened. But I know, like, you know, why, um, I know that why I felt certain ways, like, why I know how that all happened now. And when the thing that we were working on with that emotion was like me feeling like my home was not safe that like people were going to barge in and and start yelling at me at any given moment um and so you wouldn't and like the emotions from that time of like when I was 9 10 11 12 is like I know why I felt that way because that's how my dad was during that time especially um so we were working on those memories and that other stuff just kind of came out because that was like the the biggest almost most traumatic thing from that time um so like the thing from this time that we were working on was the same kind of idea but it was kind of a thing of like just always being worried of like something going wrong of like nothing being like safe and secure of still feeling like I almost have to, like, watch out in the case something terrible happens. Like, um, like, the one thing that triggers me a lot is, like, the, um, smoke detector of my apartment going off. Like, it triggers me so much that I don't even use my oven. I haven't used my oven to make anything in, like, a really long time. I don't even remember how long. It's been like months and months and months. I got a toaster oven and use that instead. And it, because every time I use the oven, the fire, the smoke detector in my apartment would go off. No matter what I did, it would always go off. And that was like one of, that is like something that still causes me to have a panic attack. And like the last time that happened was when I had a panic attack and I was like, okay, I'm just not using the oven anymore. Because that is not worth making a frozen pizza to have a panic attack because I want to have a frozen pizza. Um, So like figuring out that that feeling is like that 
feeling that like something is going to happen to cause everything to go to shit um, is like what we were working on. And that was connected for me. I, I knew that like the memory that I had when I was like 14, 13, 14, and I had to like push my mom off my dad when he was threatening her and he usually didn't like physically touch her but he was and it was like that emotion is like that was just like that resigned feeling of knowing that I have that I'm that I have to do this that my sister is yelling at me for help and that there's literally no one else that can stop him that it was my like role in the family to stop him and so even though I didn't want to deal with this, there was nobody else. And so I had to, so I had, to, and I just, it's that feeling of knowing that there's nothing you can do, um, and having to deal with it, even though the, I just wanted to run out of the house and never come back. And so that's like the general emotion that we were working on. And it opened up like a lot of other stuff that happened um, around the same time with me and my mom that I'm not gonna discuss on here because it's, it's just, it's not really important when it comes to what I remembered. It's just kind of the path of what made those memories come up. Um, but essentially what happened was that I remembered, um, like, I remembered when I tried to tell somebody about what was going on. And how that didn't go well at all. Which is why I've been so, like, sad ever since then. And depressed and just, yeah, just sad for myself. Um, yeah, so basically, th- the thing about, like, my life and kind of, like, almost the timeline of that time was the whole thing that I remembered the last time I had, a like, a an epiphany sort of thing was I remembered that my that I basically almost made this deal with my dad that like if I just did whatever he wanted and let him control my life that I would that he would leave my sister alone and like that kind of situation that agreement almost just like never like really ever went away the entire time he was alive um but it was a big part of why I remembered why I never really tried to tell anybody, um, why there isn't really stories of like CPS showing up and things like that, that made a lot more sense because I would, I felt this responsibility that I had to protect my sister from him and that I was never going to take the chance that telling on him in that way or whatever in any way, like disobeying him in almost any way would cause him to do anything to hurt her because in even though this was a very displaced thing I felt like it was my responsibility and I would have blamed myself if he did something to her because of something I did even though I know now that wasn't my fault at all I was a child I shouldn't have been dealing with that but um that's how I handled it and that's how I felt about it I didn't realize that at the time and so um so because of that there was like 
a very tiny window um, of a time when I could have ever told anybody about what was going on and I wouldn't have been afraid of him doing something like I still would have always been afraid like that never you know completely went away like I'm still like somewhat afraid of him even now um mostly not mostly I just want to punch him but (laughs) okay I'm not gonna lie um but still like some of that fear is still there now but like especially then um the fear of like what he would do to her was always very like focused in my mind like I always had this feeling it it helps a lot with like remembering me during those years um like my parents got divorced when I was 12 and so and he moved back in with us when I was like 14 around there like 13 14 14 I think um but like those so like I can remember during that time like that memory that I mentioned the domestic violence sort of memory that my dad was doing that was like the starting point for for this um I can remember during those years feeling like I had to be at home like I didn't have any I had no friends um so it's not like I had anywhere to go even if I wanted to but like I I always felt like almost afraid to leave the house because of feeling responsible of like what if dad does something when I'm not home and I'm not there to calm him down and somebody gets hurt because I'm not there like it's that misplaced responsibility again but that's like generally how I felt and I can remember feeling like that when I was around those ages but I never completely understood where that necessarily came from um until like you know the last couple months um but so because of that there was that so when my parents got divorced when I was 12 until he moved in with us for like a year maybe not even a year I honestly don't even remember how long he lived with us the first time it was never it wasn't very long though um but like from the time when they got divorced when I was like 12 till when he moved back in with us when I was like 14 that those couple years was like this time and this short amount of time in my life where he wasn't really around and that was like the only time that I could have ever told somebody about what he had done and not been and not felt as scared that he would have found out what I did or or could have like hurt my sister because he wasn't around then um like those couple years after the divorce and everything he was so angry that my mom divorced him and angry probably about how everything stopped with me too um because she divorced him and moved out and everything that like those he was not around hardly ever like there were we would go like months sometimes without seeing seeing him or hearing from him then because he was so mad at he was so focused on being angry at my mom and acting like a tiny little child and acting like he was the victim always um that he every time he would be around he would just end up 
like saying mean things about my mom which would make us upset and so and um everything with him was like super unstable then like he moved to a bunch of different places and and things like that as well so like because of that um that was like the only time where he was gone long enough where I could have had an opportunity to do that and when I went to therapy when I was like 12 13 like I think it was 13 when I actually went um that was like that time during that time was when he was barely even around and I could have possibly told someone um so it makes sense that that is the time when I tried because that was pretty much like a lot of things had to almost like align in my life in order for that um what is the word I'm looking for in order for that like possibility to kind of show itself to me because like I still don't remember what happened to make them put me into therapy um like I know my parents something pretty bad had to happen in order for me for that to to happen like I must have done I think I tried to um unalive myself not in like a serious like a serious attempt but I think I did something almost to myself Um, as in like an almost like, am I still alive? Like, is this really my body kind of way? Um, that memory is like super duper fuzzy. So I'm not super, I'm not completely confident on it yet, but I'm pretty sure I did that. And that that was what, and that they were forced after that to put me into therapy and put me into like a support group kind of thing, um, for kids my age, because I just can't see my parents ever putting me in something like that otherwise because it's just like why would especially my mom like why would she do that um that's like putting me putting her in danger because it's like bringing outsiders into our family and our environment and all that kind of stuff um so I think that they were forced to do it like somebody would have must have somehow made them do it I just remember that I didn't want to go (laughs) like I like threatened to like run out of the school the day that my dad came to pick me up to go for the first visit um I didn't but I really didn't want to go um but the things that I remembered from this session was essentially just the fact that I um that I tried to tell that I, when I was there that I did try to tell someone but it they didn't they didn't believe me um which is really sad um that's really hard to kind of reconcile in my mind and but what I'm trying to say is that this these couple years and like especially the year of when um the year when I was in therapy, but, um, and my dad wasn't really completely around. He was starting to be around a little bit more, but I didn't live with him anymore. And I didn't have to see him if I didn't want to most of the time. Like he gave me rides to therapy because he could leave his job when my mom couldn't. 
during the day. Um, but other than that, I didn't really see him very much at all. And, um, so that's like the only time that I could have done it, which makes sense of why I tried to do it then. Um, but like the things that I remembered during this whole thing was that I, the thing that's interesting, I think about EMDR is that you learn everything from like a perspective of yourself. Like I'm not hearing these stories from other people, from other like adults that were around during the time. I'm, I'm like remembering what I was thinking and feeling when this was happening when I was young. So like some of the little details that people kind of look to know, like, especially when you're adults aren't there, but it's because like, why would I know that? (laughs) So like what I'm saying is that, um, at some point when I was in like this support group and seeing this therapist, um, I think that someone, I've always had this feeling like I had a really good friend in that support group, but I can't remember anything about them. Um, I don't even know like their name or if it's a guy or a girl or anything like that. But I do remember that I think I had a really good friend that I made that helped convince me to tell somebody about what was going on because it would have taken a a good amount of convincing for me to even get to the point where I would have been willing to tell somebody what was happening at home because my dad had me so scared that if I told anyone anything that he would hurt my sister. So it would have taken like, you know, a supportive environment, like seeing a therapist and being in a support group with people who are experiencing somewhat similar things in their household to even get to the point of me being able to entertain that as a possibility. Um, And so I'm sure that I had a friend in that support group that helped me get to that point because I I know that I couldn't, I wouldn't have gotten there myself without some help. And, um, I told, I must've told my therapist and they had somehow, I don't know who I told. I'm just assuming that I told this, like my therapist that I was seeing in that office outside of like the support group. And that they then had me talk to someone. Like, me as an adult can assume that this person was, like, a social worker or worked for CPS. I realize that social workers can work for CPS. But that's just me guessing. Like, I have no idea who this person was. Because, like, why would, like, 13-year-old me care about that? (laughs) Like, I didn't care. And I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. And I don't even know... I don't even necessarily know how any of that works now. Like, I have a general idea that when you're a mandatory reporter and things like that, that you're supposed to do things like that. Um, But even now, I don't really know the in and outs of how CPS necessarily functions because it makes me really mad to know since they don't help anyone. (laughs) Um, And this is probably a really good reason why I have so much hatred besides, like, the norm of why I would hate them so much. So like when things, I don't want to know a lot about how nobody's getting helped. So I don't know the specifics and I definitely don't know like what the procedures would have been back in like 1998 when this was going on. Um, but like 
I can at least know that I they had me talk to someone that I'm assuming was like a social worker or something. I just remember that it was a man and that he asked me to tell to tell him what was going on and I told him the truth. I told him like what was really happening, what my dad was doing, that my mom knew about it and that I felt like I couldn't say anything because my dad said that he would hurt my sister if I did. I told him like I was actually honest about it for like once in my life and this was like the only time in my life when I could have ever even tried to do that. I did it. Um, I'm like really proud of my past self for even doing that because I must have been so scared and um, he didn't believe me and the process of remembering this is this. So um, I thought that he didn't believe me for a while because I did something wrong. Because, like, you know the stereotype that happens a lot with victims where, like, you know, everyone judges you so much when you come forward with anything like that that you feel like you need to be the perfect victim and nobody is the perfect victim. <laughs> that, that that person doesn't exist. So, like, people will, like, pick apart these tiny little things you do as, like, some just to try to find something to not believe you and so like when I first started going to this group um I didn't want anyone to know like what was going on because I felt like very um protective like I felt like I had to protect my family my parents and my sister from anyone finding out what was going on so I acted like I didn't need to be there even though I really did um and was very like honestly how I am now a lot of the time like I have a very hard time trusting people and if I don't trust you I'm gonna put like every possible wall up and like act like kind of a jerk sometimes <laughs> not completely but just be like I don't give a fuck about what you say I have no idea who you are I'm just gonna I'm just going to try to ignore you and not listen to you and then if I get to know you more and you seem like okay then like those walls will like drop very slowly but it takes time for that to happen. So I thought that because when I first started going to this support group that I was always very almost like aggressive or yeah, almost like aggressive of just being like, I don't need to be here. I don't need your help. I don't know why I'm here. Everything is fine at home. Nothing's wrong. Like, you know, all of that stuff that we all do to try to desperately like get people to believe us, even though like as an adult, I realized that like being saying all those things and acting that way is like the biggest sign that there is something wrong because you're obviously trying to protect someone about something um but I thought that because I was acting that way at first before I finally like started trusting people and in like the group and my therapist and stuff to like be more honest about how bad things were that um that that was why they didn't believe me that like because I acted one way in the beginning like I acted like everything wasn't that bad and then all of a sudden told like my story that granted sounds like a lifetime movie <laughs> like it sounds like something that wouldn't be real it doesn't sound like something like it sounds like a story that a 13 year old would make up because they wanted to get attention like that idea that like kids lie 
that kids lie about things happening like this to them because their parents are getting divorced. There's a lot of, like, stress in their home life because they, like, don't have any friends in school or whatever reason that adults tell themselves is one of those, like, super pervasive things that exists in society. It's like that thing where, like, even if you don't, even if, even if you think that you don't let that get to you, it just, it gets to you. The fact that that exists, like, that idea that kids will lie to try to get attention is one of those things that just stays in people's minds when they hear stories like this. And they even, and when we as like trauma victims think about ourselves when we're kids, we even do that to ourselves. And we think like, maybe I was just making this up the whole time. Maybe I'm being overdramatic because we, because that idea that kids will lie about things like that is in our minds, even if we know that's not accurate. And that most of the time when adults were saying that about kids, it was because they were trying to cover up what they were actually doing to them. Um, so it's like, we know that that's not true, but we can't completely divorce it from our minds, right? So like, I thought that it was my fault that like this guy didn't believe me because, um, because of that, because I changed my story almost and so he just didn't think that I was being truthful that he thought that I was lying and and just wanted attention or whatever and didn't want to believe that what I was saying could possibly be happening and that I must have been making it up or like copying it from something else you know the things that like I said what we think um but part of like the memories of what I got back besides this was that um that like a year or something later like that that happened when I was in seventh grade the memories of when the domestic violence memory that I'm remembering when I was 14 was when I was in eighth grade and at some point in eighth grade um my mom found out that I like that that happened that I like tried to tell someone about what was going on and um and the thing that i remember the most when i was like processing through this was thinking like what like how did how did she find out and i just remember that my mom was like really angry and um she usually wasn't that openly angry at me um but this was one of the few times when she that i can remember at least that she was when i was like 14 and i figure and i could figure out just based on what I was thinking and feeling at the time that and the little bits of like what I remember my mom saying when she was yelling at me was that um that like the person that I talked to was someone that knew her and so they like recognized my last name and just thought that like there's no way that she's telling the truth because my mom wouldn't wouldn't do something like this and like the thing about that is that that's actually a hundred percent possible to happen um like I said I know this sounds like a movie and it sounds ridiculous but the thing about all of this is that my mom worked as a school teacher for an an ED classroom and ED stands for emotionally disturbed as opposed to like a special ed classroom or an LD like learning disabled classroom 
and so the kids in her class um had some of them were like autistic some of them had like bipolar disorder there was a kid that had schizophrenia some kids in her classroom just came from like abusive families which was like the super ironic part of my mom's job like there were kids that came from families who were all in gangs and they were trying to keep they're trying to get like this like 12 year old not to join the gang like literally everyone else in their entire family um or just like you know being part of like abusive families and trying to give them the support at school and because they came from a home like that they like acted out when they were what would be called acting out when they were in school and needed like help and support those were the people that she worked with so there was a social worker that worked at her school that she worked with all the time like she worked with social workers and cps like regularly because the families that some of the kids that she had like reporting on them would be necessary when they would come just like there was a kid once that came to school on drugs like she that happened more than once and they were in sixth grade so yeah she definitely had relationships with people with social workers and it's not out of the realm of possibility that she would have been friends with a social worker that works at that would have worked at cps because some of the her kids would have needed that and so it's one of those things that like it's just like how is that even possible like how is it possible that the person they had me try to talk to would be someone that knew my mom and because of my mom being so good at like projecting this like image of who she was that the guy was just like there's no way that this story could be true she has to be lying because he just didn't want to believe that this person that he knew and trusted who was in charge of children and had been working in the school district for years would do something like that to their own child that is especially because I was this basically the same age as a lot of the kids that she was teaching at the time um so like I understand why he was just like no there's no way this is possible and but the thing that I should also mention is that the therapy office I was going to was in the same county as where my mom worked and where I grew up so like usually with CPS workers there's there's they're by county like different each county has like different people who work for them and they work on cases involving the the county where they live the therapy office where I went to this is one of those really weird things about memory is that I don't remember the name of the therapy office the name of my therapist I don't even remember what my therapist looked like I kind of remember I have a super vague memory I just remember that she was a woman and that she was like um I think she was a little bit younger for a therapist now that I look back on her. Um, but I don't really remember what she looked like that much. Like, I th- feel like she had, like, brownish hair, but I can't remember, like, her name or the name of the office or the name of any of the people that I had with, like, in my support group or if she was the person who ran my support group or if somebody else did. I can't remember any of that stuff, um, but I can remember where the office was. That's just one of those weird things. Like, I've always been someone that's like a GPS um, where I, I always pay attention to where I am. And so I know, like, for some reason, I remembered where I can remember where the office was because it feels like it feels 
it felt like a big deal to like drive to where the office was at the time <laughs> because it was um because it was like farther away from where I lived um where I lived in like my tiny ass hometown but like where that office was was in like the same county as where I like where my mom worked and like the school the this the city that she worked in was like 10 minutes away from where the office was so um it was it was it's not out of the realm of possibility that I would have that they would have had me because they would have had me see someone in the county that I lived in which is that county and so it's one of those wild things that like this sounds ridiculous this sounds like a bad like lifetime movie or something like that but it is possible because she worked in that county for like my entire lifespan like she had been a teacher in that county since I was like three or something like that since I was really little so by the time that happened she had already been doing that job for over 10 years so it's one of those things that it sounds ridiculous, it sounds wild, but it's very highly possible that that, like that, yeah, because that's what they would have had to do. It's, that's why like I think EMDR is so interesting just from the outside perspective that I can, I figure things out based on what I'm thinking about back then and what I'm feeling and like the little snippets of like what I hear for if it's like a conversation I'm remembering but most of it like 98% of it comes from just remembering what myself was thinking and feeling at the time that I can like put things together because I just know myself and and can know how I'm feeling based on what I'm thinking and feeling and so like I like trust that but then on top of that me as an adult now can also look at things from the outside and be like yeah that could have like logically happened because I know that's how these things would work and that was actually a possibility um but yeah so the basic thing of what I remembered from this memory was that I thought that the reason why this guy didn't believe me was because I did something wrong and then I remembered um or my mom eventually told me because she was so angry at me when that guy must have told her what happened that um she was so mad at me for trying to tell someone about it that I realized that no it's actually not completely because of me it's actually because of her because she was friends with this person or knew this person so they didn't think that there was any way that I could ever have done something that she could ever have done that so like they were already it's one of those things like they were already like disbelieving of whatever I would have said before the before the conversation probably even started because they already had like this idea of like this is someone that I know professionally that I don't think could be capable of this so they already were likely like subconsciously looking for ways to not believe me so when I told a story it was they like likely told said that it was because my story changed as like justification for not believing me but they likely would have 
they would have found something no matter what I said or did to find a way to justify thinking that I wasn't being truthful. And like the hard, the super hard thing of remembering that is not only that the fact that that happened, that like, what is the odds that somebody that my mom knows is the person that I talk to? Like, there's so many different paths that had to align in my life for me to be in the opportunity where I could have even possibly told someone. It was like, this was it. This was like my only shot. This was like the only time in my life where my dad wasn't really around long enough where I felt like I could say something and my sister would be safe. And it was in a way where like my confidentiality was protected where my parents didn't know um, and wouldn't know unless they decided to, unless they believed me and decided to do something about it. Um, So this was like it. This was like my one shot of like trying to have them be found out and have them be investigated and for people to find out what happened and it didn't and it didn't work because the person somehow knew my mom it's like my parents just always had like such control over my life that it was like of course this is what happens like of course this the one time that I have the chance to um get like some sort of justice or to have them be like to have people find out what's going on and not like be suffering silently. It's someone that knows my mom. So even though my parents aren't there and they don't know what's going on, they still had a way of stopping, of stopping me and stopping it and stopping them from just from like their, and it's not even anything of like who they actually are, just like based on the perception of what that person thought of who my mom was, was enough to really, to stop all of it um and it's really hard because I remember how I felt at that time that I was just like I give up like that's it like that was my one chance it's never gonna happen again there's no way that it's ever gonna my mom's ever gonna let me like go back to therapy after that like knowing that that is what I did um like when I the one time that I was able to there's after she like however she found out that happened I don't even know necessarily how she found out what happened. I just know that she told me that she knew the person that I talked to, but I don't even know how she found out about it. And either way, um, it doesn't matter. Like, I just knew, like, that's it. There's no other way that I can ever try. Like, I tried and it didn't work. My parents had a way to still stop it even though I tried as hard as I could and like it's interesting because now as an adult I know about CPS so I know how corrupt they are so it's not even out of the realm of possibility that they like wouldn't believe that a kid of someone that they know who works with kids that they see wouldn't do something like that like they don't investigate people all the time um and it's really hard especially because I feel like a lot of what I felt and what I was doing at the time almost like fed into like that horrible stereotype of what people think kids are like. Like people have this idea that kids that are being sexually abused have to be, you have to be like these tiny, weak, like little children that hide in the corner and just cry all the time and are just outwardly really sad and 
unless you act that way, people just don't look at you and, like, look at your behavior and wonder, like, what is really going on that's causing you to act this way? And that was not me. That's never been me. Like, I have a really hard time showing emotions. Like, um, my therapist actually brought that up is that before we, I stopped seeing her, she wants me to have a session where I let myself fully feel everything that I'm remembering and basically just like cry my eyes out in her office. Because like whenever that entire time during the entire session on Wednesday, when I was remembering all of that, I was stopping myself from crying the entire time. Cause every time I remembered it, I just wanted to cry. Um, and I knew, but I knew that if I did, I would be so overwhelmed by how sad and just, yeah, by just how sad I was that all of that happened, that they didn't believe me, that the person knew my mom, that, that I tried to get away from them and tried to stop them, but it didn't work, um, would have like been so overwhelming that I wouldn't been able to have processed anything about the memory. So I, like I can't allow myself to remember to like feel everything all at once when I'm trying to do that because it's just too much for me um but I know I'm gonna have to do that eventually with her before I leave before we stop seeing each other which is going to be really hard but also probably really cathartic because I never let myself feel that but like anyway what I'm trying to say is that like I'm not that stereotype like I had like some breakdowns before I went to high school high school before I went to therapy because I didn't want to go to school because kids at school were bullying me a lot but like when I went to school I didn't cry when I was at school I was like stone cold like numb I acted like everything was fine I put on like a happy face um I didn't act like everything was falling apart like people could tell from the outside um like I didn't wear like I wasn't really taking care of myself like hygiene wise I wore like I didn't wear clothes that fit me I didn't care about how I looked I didn't have any friends because of that I didn't know how to talk to people but like I didn't outwardly act like a victim and I feel like it would be so easy for somebody to look at how I was acting like being very like combative almost of like just being very much like I'm a dog protecting like a house almost don't get too close or I'm going to like lash out at you to get you to leave me alone um and like putting up just like a big front of acting like everything was fine and um because of that it was so easy for people to like look at me and my behavior and to be like not sure that I was telling the truth because I was I was just being like a fucking victim like I was going through hell at home and I was a child like I shouldn't have been in that position and I didn't know how to handle that like I was scared like my dad like I truly believed that if I did anything wrong that my dad would hurt my sister and I felt it was my responsibility if he would have done that like that wasn't like a latent fear whether he would actually have done that or not like who's to say but at the time that's how I felt and so like I was trying to do whatever I could to protect like my sister and my family I was protecting everyone but me but it's one of those horrible things to remember that like I was basically feeding into that stereotype of like the kid that is going through a really hard time at home and at school and whatever and 
is acting out in a way and that people would just believe that, you know, I was just trying to get attention in some way and like trying to get back at my parents, all of those like stereotypes that people have, like it would be so easy for people to look at how I acted at the time and think that that's what I was doing instead of really looking at how I was acting and understanding like no kid acts this way unless there's something else going on. But like it's so easy for people to fall under fall onto that default because it's just it's what those like stereotypes have been for part of our society for so long that like most people don't even know where they come from and it, they just like exist outside of outside of that so it's like impossible to stop you from thinking about that like I could go on a rant about Sigmund Freud forever but essentially Sigmund Freud back in the day he was investigating women who had hysteria which is basically like mental illness PTSD and all of them were being sexually abused by their fathers and they were all from like really rich families And so instead of him realizing that there was incest going on in these super powerful families, he instead convinced himself that he had to be wrong and that children were just like sexual beings and that they just had romantic feelings towards their parents and that they had sexual desires that they had to act out. That's why he came up with all of those bullshit theories. Because one of the people that would have been, like, investigated for doing that if he actually took it seriously was his own dad. So instead of admitting that all of these people were, had, like, incest and had been going through that and were having mental breakdowns because of that, he instead basically was the original victim blamer and said that it was actually the victim's fault that they felt that way, that it was just... It was all from them that the parents hadn't done anything wrong, that they were the ones causing problems, that they were the ones trying to make, um, trying to blame their parents for things that they had never actually done. Um, so yeah, that's why I say fuck Sigmund Freud, especially. Um, but yeah, like that stuff has been around ever since he was around in the 1800s. And it's just, that stuff doesn't just go away overnight just because you, even if you know that's where it came from, it's just, ugh. Like, to think how close I got. Like, it's one of those moments of, I talk about this a lot when I talk to, like, my friend that's kind of the person I go to with spirituality stuff um, that does, like, that I do mediumship readings with and, like, she does them on for me. Um... But I feel like a lot of times in spirituality, people say that there's, like, that, like, they act like everything is, like, predestined. Like, you are destined to do this or that in a way that takes away, like, people's free will. But I don't believe that just from, like, times in my own life. I feel like there are opportunities where people have, like, these moments where they could, like, where they can, like, make a decision. And based on how they decide what to do that's like kind of the route that your life goes down like for example like back in like 2018 I could have you know not told my therapist about my dad I could have not gone back to therapy 
and just continued on as I was and my life would be very different now or like in my own life like when I told my mom that was a moment she could have chosen differently but she didn't and so that's why things happened how they did my dad could have decided not to do what he was doing or stopped it at any time instead of doing what he was doing but he didn't um and I feel like this was one of those other big moments of like what if Like, that person who I talked to, they decided not to believe me because they thought that my story was, that I must have been lying. And, like, that's what led me down the path that I went down. Like, the path where I had to suppress everything that I was going through and feeling for all all of that time until I was 33 and finally felt safe enough to come forward about everything. Um... But, like, that's why I had to suppress all of those things. Because, like, living every day in that household, knowing that I told someone about what happened, I told them the truth. I told them what was happening, and they didn't believe me. And so knowing that I had no way of getting away, that that I actually tried to get help, and they told me no, um, was just too painful for me. I couldn't be aware of all of these things that had, that had happened to me at that point. Like, I, you can't sit there and know that, like, I was, like, 13, 14 then. I couldn't sit there and know that I had to live the next five years of my life with these people and that there was no way that I was ever going to get away from them, um, especially since then at the time I didn't have any friends, so I didn't even know if I was ever going to make friends where I could, like, get away, f- like, sleep over at somebody's house sometimes so like it felt like I was never going to get away from them like knowing that I had to spend the next five years at least with them before I could ever even have like a semblance of like trying to you know go to college and get away was like I couldn't be aware of all of that it was too much so that's why like I suppressed all of this stuff because I had to to survive like if I wanted to survive long enough to get out of that house and be somewhat of a human being like I wasn't really but at least somewhat where I could try to go to school and like try to be a human where I would eventually one day get to the point where I could go to therapy and actually get the help that I needed that entire time like but I needed to do all of that in order to even be able to one day get to that point because I never would have made it I never would have made it alive through my teenage years if I was like aware and remembering everything that had happened by that point it was too painful and so I had to make it forget and because that guy decided whoever that guy was because he made that decision that's where my life went like if he would have decided differently you know maybe they would have talked to my parents and nothing would have happened that's always a possibility too um but like you never know like you never know, <coughs> sorry, um, what would have happened if he made a different decision. And I never will because that's not how it went. But that's really hard to kind of like reconcile, I guess. Um, like I, ironically, I was talking about this with that podcast like last week or something. Like I feel like that was almost like my brain. Um, subconsciously ready, trying to get me ready for like remembering this stuff. Um, like sometimes our brains do that sort of stuff. 
we like are almost helping ourselves out even though even if we don't understand why we're doing it um but yeah like that stuff is really it's really hard to remember that sort of stuff like to know that other people were able to get the help that I tried to get that I couldn't and it's like there's no real reason for like why that happens like why I didn't get support and other people did um yeah, I think that's why, like, bringing up, like, the whole spirituality stuff that I've mentioned on and off during this episode, I think that's why people get, like, so into toxic spirituality a lot is because people want things to be black and white. They want to believe that, like, if you manifest things, if you do the right things, that these good things will happen to you and you are des- destined to go through them, even the really hard stuff, because then it feels like everything was supposed to go how it was. It's a lot harder to, like, live with the reality that people could have decided different things. They could have made different choices along the way that would have improved your quality of life if they had. Um, It's a lot harder to realize that people have that free will. And they could have, a lot of people in my life could have made different decisions that would have positively affected my life, but they didn't. They didn't. And that's like a really hard pill to swallow to know that I did everything that I possibly could, that I had this tiny window of like a couple months of my life where I was actually getting the support from therapists and stuff that I actually deserved. Um, and that that was like the one window I had to try to get the help that I really deserve to get and it didn't work it didn't work I did everything right it wasn't because of me like I can recognize that as an adult now it wasn't actually because of me it wasn't my fault that I like fed into people's horrible perceptions of children it was bigger than it was nothing that I could have really done to change that person's idea of who I was and that's like really hard to know that there's really nothing that I really could have done that would have changed how my life went like we don't like the idea that we don't have control but that's just the truth of it we don't and now I have to try to deal with that like I'm kind of worried almost like what will happen after treatment this next week like what else will come out of that um maybe I'll just cry a lot because I feel like I definitely need that my younger self deserves that because she definitely never got a chance to do that when that was going on no way we could never show any weakness so we never got a chance to just sit there and cry about what happened to us and we deserve to do that so yeah that's this story I hope that whoever's listening to this believes that this actually happened because trust me I don't I don't need to make anything up even as outlandish as this sounds this these sort of I guess the best way to end this episode is to say like once again this is why it's so important to work on the trauma that in your life my parents families both 
had generations of people not dealing with anything. That's why they ended up the way that they did. They never dealt with their trauma. Both of them had times when they were younger, when they could have, but they didn't follow through. And, like, that's why the two of them both having these, like, huge issues in their families that that had issues for generations is why they created the absolutely the most chaotic environment and abusive environment that I that you could really imagine like that's why that happened and that's why it's so important that like no matter how painful this EMDR stuff is I'm going to continue to follow through with it I'm going to keep doing it because I'm not ending up like them I'm not doing that to anybody I'm never letting myself be just hurtful to somebody because I've been hurt by somebody else even if my family my mom and dad's side continues after I'm gone like I'm not having any kids so um it's not like like the family line is gonna last any longer um but even if it continues on after I'm not around anymore, at least I know that I, like, disrupted it in some way, that I stopped it, and that no matter what happens after that, everyone in my family knows that I didn't do that, that I wasn't a part of that, and, like, I guess this is, like, the scapegoat, like, thing that we're always trying to work towards is that even if everyone else in our family is abusive and hiding everything they're going through, the fact that we exist, that, like, the other people in our family know that we did that means that one day, even this, just the story of us will have an effect on someone who's in the similar place and know that they're not the first person who's done this before. And maybe they'll have an easier time of doing the same thing as we are because they know that we did it first. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to keep going to these fucking sessions. (sighs) So yeah, I already do feel better after, like, saying that out loud. It's so weird how that, just saying it out loud, even if I'm not saying it to an actual person, does help me, like, process what what I'm feeling. So yeah, um, that was really heavy. That was a lot. I'm gonna try to do, like, a very light other episode sometime this weekend to balance that out for my own brain, much less for anyone else listening to this, so I hope that was heavy. I hope you go, like, hug a stuffed animal, because that's what I'm gonna do, and have a good night.